0: Welcome to Quit Bleeping
1: Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes.
0: Hey, Super Achievers. Today, I'm interviewing Steve Rogers. Steve, author of Led to Gold and The Icky Principles, is the creator of The Alchemy Advisors, a coaching and consulting firm. Welcome, Steve. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much, Christina. I appreciate it.
0: Well, you have a very interesting background, and I really want to hear about your journey. So can you start out by sharing a little bit about your background with the listeners?
1: Sure, I'd be glad to. Well, I'm one of those uh, Navy brat kids, so I came from a family of five boys. My parents had five kids in six years. Wow. Don't imagine that. So definitely came from a tribe, Uh, but I was a rebellious teenager. So I moved out of my house when I was uh, 17 uh, and uh, went out to find the... The grass was greener kind of world and found a lot of interesting things along that path so i finished high school only got through a little bit of college actually as i was waiting tables and trying to find myself uh, but i eventually led from the the uh, realist uh, into the real estate business from being in the restaurant business So up until my mid-20s, I was in the service business, and I learned a lot about being of service, which has definitely helped me in all my career since then. But I got into real estate, and I went from sales to management to leadership to executive leadership. And at the pinnacle, and we can back in any of this as we go along, but at the pinnacle probably of that corporate business career, uh, I was working for a franchise for 15 years called Prudential California Realty, which was a, a franchise of Prudential Insurance, And the owners of that company, when I started with them, um, had about eight or eight or so real estate offices in San Diego. And over the growth of a fifteen-year career with all together and their team and everybody, we grew that to 110 offices in Southern California. And we we were doing about uh, 35,000 transactions a year and about 25 billion in sales volume. So it became a very massive enterprise with title escrow, mortgage, etc. And Warren Buffett uh, from Berkshire Hathaway, which everyone probably knows, Warren Buffett bought that entity of Prudential California Realty in 2001. So for about seven or eight years, I worked under the the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services banner uh, and had the honor of meeting Warren Buffett and being in some of those circles with executive meetings, et cetera. So that was definitely quite a highlight from a guy who barely graduated high school to to climb that ladder. But uh, a a lot of things happened along the way. And uh, 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 we can talk about some of the transition, transformation stuff you wanted to cover later. But uh, I had a brick upside the head moment uh, and that caused me to go out into the world and become an entrepreneur, opened my own real estate company, ran that for five years. And what I'm doing now for the last five years is what I really find my life's passion is. Uh, and that is being a purpose-driven consult, coaching, coach, board advisor, and now an author uh, and a speaker as well. So I've traveled internationally speaking to all types of audiences. But I really find my work in uh, helping people build spiritual intelligence into their business models of emotional intelligence, uh, intellect, financial intelligence, operational intelligence, and finding p- people to to help find ways to create spiritual intelligence in their business. So that is my mission and path, and what I'm focused on for the rest of my career and life. Uh, but that is a, a a reader's digest version of a long history. So sorry for the, the taking the mic over there so so prominently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome because I mean you have a a really amazing background and. Um, I mean, and and that the audience knows that you are one who can talk about using the power of transitions, right? Whether they're forced or chosen, yeah. to your advantage. Um, so, can you share a little bit about that? And then, I would love to get into uh, spiritual intelligence.
1: Sure. Um, well, I've been a, a, a seeker my whole life. I mean, from the time I was a teenager, I was brought up very, very strict Catholic, which I I give great honor and uh, uh, gratitude to my parents for having very strong religious spiritual background. I didn't agree with it. I didn't always agree with it. I didn't, you know, always connect with I had to have a middleman to go through to get to God, but it was the structure I was brought up in and I was respectful of it. But that led to in my early teens, early seeking and learning with personal development books and spiritual books and leadership books and went through a lot of readings and workshops, et cetera. And that path led to the understanding of choice and understanding that just as we've all heard for for thousands of years that we have a choice and we have free will. I really learned what that meant in taking power and control of my own life. Uh, that's you know, moving out of my house when I was 17, uh, but also throughout my whole career and today realizing that the thing I have that's my greatest gift is having choice. I get to choose every single day, every conversation, every thought. Uh, that I can put into action and what I want to do with my life or or, our situation. And sometimes along the path, you're on this mission, and you're like, Oh, I'm going down this highway, just full speed ahead. And boom, you get in an accident, uh, literally or figuratively, or you get a brick upside the head moment, like get fired, you know, get divorced, uh, go bankrupt. Um, And I haven't done all of those things. But you know, um, have health challenges, uh, whatever it might be. And sometimes you say I'm fed up with this relationship I'm fed up with this career I'm mo- leaving the country so you have these forced or chosen things in life where you have these these path of two or three choices and those transitional moments really are what make us as spiritual and human beings and I've uh, really prided myself over the last ten or more years to really follow my gut and follow my instinct and, and follow what I call my higher power And for me, that's really tapping into the spiritual intelligence when these transitions and transformations happen. And the ultimate goal of that is really getting to evolution. I mean, as a species, we're always evolving from human beings on ongoing in all levels of our life. But me as an individual spiritual being and a a human being, I'm constantly focused on what am I doing consciously every day to evolve? Uh, And so these choices help lead to that.
0: Wow, I love that. What am I doing every day to evolve? Do you ask yourself that question every day?
1: I do. I actually have a series of um, various questions that I put on my calendar, and I have it pop up at 730 in the morning, and then I have it pop up again at 9 o'clock at night. And the questions range from, you know, in what ways can I focus my commitment to higher power today? In what ways can I evolve? How can I be a better husband or partner? How can I serve the world better? So I've got like a series of eight or nine questions that pop up on my calendar. And I ask myself those questions in the morning as I'm starting my day. How can I fill in the blank? And then I let my own mind and the universe pull me into those answers as the day unfolds. And then at night, I ask myself those questions in reverse. And how did I evolve today? How was I a better husband today? How did I improve my health and you know stay focused on my vegan lifestyle eating plan kind of thing? So yeah, those questions are like literally written down and real and part of my daily, uh, my daily functioning.
0: I love that. Uh, now, this sounds like it all relates to spiritual intelligence. Can you define that for us?
1: Yeah, to me, spiritual intelligence is that thing, that entity, that energy, that power, or in some cases, that known name, whether you call it God uh, Buddha, Yahweh, uh, Krishna, Jesus Christ, uh, Mother Nature, or just call it power of the universe, whatever that definition is for each and every person at their core level. Like some people are atheists, and I get that. But I say, well, do you love anyone? Have you ever been to the ocean and seen the sunset? And they're like, well, yeah, yeah. I said, do you know that energy? Well, focus on that being your spiritual intelligence. And just like we all know, you know, we use the thing about gravity, you know, you can't stop gravity or the sun comes up and down, you know, every single day and the tides come in and out. So that intelligence that knows how to make the universe work also knows how to make the internal universe of our body work, our breath, our heart, our lungs. We don't consciously think, hey, heart work or hey, breath work. It just works. And that in itself is a mode of spiritual intelligence. And if you take that to a higher level, for me, I, I do happen to call that God, but not everyone has to. And for me, my definition of God is simply the sum of all that is. So if I have this definition in my, de- my thinking that God is the sum of all that is, that means plants, animals, rocks, conversations, life, all of that is God energy. And that energy has an intelligence. And, and that intelligent is smarter than me. So what I try and do, as long as I'm tapping into the spiritual intelligence, what I, which I th- call higher vibration than my intelligence, then spiritual intelligence is first acknowledging that it exists. If you acknowledge it exists, how can you tap into more of it? And it's like when you have a Wi-Fi signal on your cell phone, and you look down, you're like, how many bars do I have? Do I have one bar? Do I have four bars? Do I have five bars? So that level of your connection to your own Wi-Fi signal, to your own de- definition of spirit, is what I call your own spiritual intelligence.
0: Wow, I love that, and it's all. I and that's very nice and inclusive and all-encompassing and all of that. So, how does this spiritual intelligence relate to our, us uh, business-wise? Whether we're an entrepreneur or we're looking to get into the business world or we're professional workers, how does that relate for us? Because normally we we try to keep those separate, right? So, how, how does that? How does that relate?
1: Yeah, and that's a very good point. And, cl- and climbing through corporate America, I really learned about keeping those things separate, but, it, but also letting them blend and become gray areas at times. And sometimes I clearly was black and white. And sometimes when i was black and white in the corporate world about instilling not my religious beliefs, but bringing a spiritual higher consciousness into workshops or meetings or seminars or dialogues or projects. And I definitely push the envelope on that for sure. And what I learned is sometimes people are ready for it and sometimes they're not. I believe in this day and age right now, post-COVID and even pre-COVID, and actually, if you look back to the beginning of time, most human beings are seeking something more than they have now. They want joy. They want more happiness. They want more fulfillment. They want more love. They want deeper love. They want more consistent relationships. They want to feel worthy. They want to know that they mean something. And if they're very success-driven, like an entrepreneur or a corporate CEO, for an example, they're always on this drive and this mission to get to the next thing. But unfortunately, what happens, and I've talked to a lot of successful people that have been from the top of the ladder in you know, the top 1% of the world in different categories, whether it's in workshops or sometimes lucky enough to have one-on-one conversations. And the universal thing that I have found from all of them is even when they get the status, the money, the success, their company becomes a million dollar or a billion dollar or they get the CEO of the year award, most people say it's wonderful, it's joyful, but they all say, I thought it would feel different. Yeah, I thought there would be something more. I thought it would last longer. And in that, you realize that spiritual intelligence in businesses is really what's lacking because of its lacking in human and human beings in general. And humans, I call people spiritual beings having human experiences and all families that are also dysfunctional and all companies, which are also dysfunctional and all governments that are also dysfunctional because they're made up of people that are not perfect, and we're not supposed to be, are human, the need for this spiritual intelligence, which you could call mojo, you could call it you know, vibe, you could call it culture, you could call it stuff. It all has different names. But it means just as important as you're teaching your employees or salespeople to, to understand the importance of sales or communication or customer service or being of service, spiritual intelligence defined by each individual and focused on allowing that to be part of meetings, trainings culture, decisions that are made, products or services that you pursue, the way that you promote people, the way that you interview people is part of your daily DNA, just like an Intel chip that's in, a, in most all of our computers. So spiritual intelligence has to be first acknowledged and then realize the importance of it on how you utilize
0: it. I love that. Well, and then does this mean um, enter the Iggy Principles?
1: Well, yeah, that's a great lead in. Thank you, Christina. (laughs) You know, the Iggy Principles is something for myself. Just like I mentioned that I have these questions in my phone, I have um, always had this uh, fear of not being good enough and this fear of not being worthy and this fear that I was going to get into some special conference room with a meeting. And even though I had my suit and tie on at the time and my briefcase uh, and my business card with my title on it, that somehow I was going to end up in this room that everyone else had all the answers to the magical questions of life or of business that I didn't have and I was going to feel like a fool. Um, And I'm happy to say that never really happened. But for a guy that barely graduated high school and only had a year or two of community college under my belt, I always felt insecure that I may not be good enough in the world in general of business. Um, And so from that, uh, in my early days, even beyond other inadequacies that I had as a human being and still have to this day. I had the spiritual quest that that helped me fill the soul, the hole in the soul that I believe that we all have. And so that hole in the soul that I define intelligence, a lot of the stuff I used to read was by Wayne Dyer, and I still read Wayne Dyer. And I'm sure people know that name. If not, they've heard it, or maybe they've read him or seen him speak. Or, you know, he was very famous for helping PBS put themselves on the map. Uh, he helped Louise Hay of the Hay House get her, uh, her book authoring company and publishing company done. But Wayne was a psychologist and a very well-trained and well-renowned psychologist and psychiatrist. And he, in his early days in the 70s, wrote The er- Erroneous Zones And then he went on to become a spiritual teacher because he realized it wasn't just about the mind and emotion as a psychologist and a therapist. It was also about spirit. So he used to talk about that ego, which represents uh, his definition, edging good out or edging God out. Is where of, most of our problems stem from in life or business. So I, when I read that in the book, it just slapped me in the face. It's not that I hadn't heard it before, but for some reason the way he wrote it and he paraphrased it, I'm like, wow, ego. And at the time I was climbing corporate ladder and you know doing all the stuff you do to climb a corporate ladder, and I knew I was in my ego a lot. So I said, wow, ego. How can I find on a daily basis if I'm looking to evolve and be the best person I can be? How can I stay out of ego? And I said, well, that what's the opposite of ego? Well, that would be then inviting good in. Or inviting God in. And so I just came, I said, Oh, that's like Iggy. That's Iggy. So Iggy or Ego. Huh. So I just wrote it on a piece of paper, and then I went in and uh, just on a a urge and my heart tug, went in and to GoDaddy 10 years ago, literally 10 years ago, and (laughs) and saved all of these domain names. Got Iggy, get Iggy, Iggy CEO, Iggy Principles, Iggy training, whatever it might just saved them all. I said, Someday I'll do something with that. But every day since then, I have asked myself in hour by hour, sometimes minute by minute, am I an Iggy or am I, am I an ego? So when I'm walking into a meeting and if I'm in a conversation or with my wife, with my grandkids, with a, a clerk at a, at a store, am I an ego or am I an Iggy? And it's a simple mantra that I then have other things that I say after that that shifts my thinking on how I approach a room or how I approach a conversation. And I started realizing how powerful that was. It started shaping and shifting my priorities in my life And I wrote down the Iggy Principles and I said, okay, my next book, now this is how long I procrastinated because of resistance, which we could talk on a whole nother call. But I said, I'm going to write a book called the Iggy Principles. And what do those look like? So I structured out a step-by-step process that within business or your personal life, these Iggy Principles um, can be utilized to help everyone, uh, personal or professional, uh, find that joy and that purpose they're looking for more than they possibly have now.
0: Nice. Can you give us an example of one?
1: Well, the first one is gratitude. Um, the second one is forgiveness, as an example. And, 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 it's, and even though this is a business book, there's not tons of business title chapters. There's uh, the power of acceptance, the power of forgiveness, the power of prayer and meditation, the power of breath, the power of paying it forward and being of service, and, um, I also talk about um, spiritual intelligence, and I also talk about um, accountability, the power of accountability on a daily basis using the four B's that I call them, which are tracking your body, your being, your bonds, and your business. Um, and it, you know, if you sum it up, it's uh, the golden rule that, you know, say, hey, just follow the golden rule. It's the golden rule of life, but also from a spiritual consciousness of inviting good, or if you don't like the God word, you can say inviting good. Inviting great, inviting grace, inviting goodness in. And then I give examples in the book with those categories of acceptance and forgiveness and prayer and meditation and accountability. How do you track that into your daily business life to drive more profits? Uh, and I define profits as not only monetary profit, but also abundance in all areas of your PL. So I help people figure out not only to have a PL on their balance sheet for profit and loss and Uh, you know, budget to actual and, you know, account receivable and payable, but also how do you have a balance sheet for your happiness factor, your joy factor, and for your Iggy principles uh, factors within your life or business? So the Iggy principles will encompass that. Um, It also is a combination of not only text, but also video. So when you're reading the chapters there's succinct shorter chapters, and at the end of every chapter, there's a a one to four minute video that you can either click on a link if you're on your tablet, or if you're on a hard copy or a soft copy, you just take a picture of a QR code and it takes you to a video at the end of every chapter.
0: I love that. As you're talking, I get the sense of... Because you know how we often, um, the average person, we compartmentalize our lives, right? Like this is, this is my home life. I'm here with my family right now. This is where I can be spiritual. This is work. This is where I have to be this way. It, this, this sounds like it brings more of a, a wholeness to people's lives.
1: Well, that's a great perspective, and I thank you for that. And I, I think I just got exhausted trying to separate the two. Um, and since I realized, again, if my definition of my higher power, which I do cho- choose to call God or higher power or higher conscious, but I usually use the word God, um, and I have my, re- my belief system is really quite a blend of Eastern philosophies and Western philosophies and Eastern religions and Western religions, and I call myself a spiritual mutt. Quite frankly, uh, a, <laughs> you know, I'm a spiritual mutt that absolutely knows 100% that there's something in charge higher than myself and it's not me. And I also know that doing good to others and making these processes and steps, when I focus on them and I feel them, I mean, that, that I always feel better and I follow, always feel more of purpose. So when I was climbing the ladder from regional manager to executive to vice president to president, CEO, and then ultimately got fired with a brick upside the head after 15 years ran my own company, I always pushed the envelope of having some of the spiritual intelligence in it. But since I did it half-assed, I never fully blended it into an authentic way that allowed itself to flow. You have to think of like a a water hose that has a kink in it. It just always had a kink in it. And now I'm refusing for my purpose moving forward to not do anything except that has this on an everyday, day-to-day, hour-by-hour basis in all things I do every day because it has become my operating system. So if you're on an iPhone or a Samsung or a a device, we all understand what software we're operating on and that software needs constantly upgrading and it's working constantly in the background, whether you're using your apps or not. Um, And so I just look at our brain and our body and our spiritual being that the most important energy that I have and the most important beneficial thing I can offer any human being in any encounter is my vibe of spiritual intelligence and not... Um, you know, human intelligence at always at all levels. So yeah, I I am encouraging businesses and leaders and employees and entrepreneurs to say, how can you wear this on your shoulder without being offensive? And without being, um, you know, without making it uh, exclusive, that it's inclusive, as you already said.
0: Yeah, nice. So you have, uh, oh, before we get to your, your, your other book as well. I am just so curious. I have to ask, uh, you were being, you were at one time being coached by a monk. Yeah. What did you learn from that? I'm just so curious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> His name is Tom Kelly and I still actually am. Uh, I, I don't do it as frequently as I was cause I was weekly and he's moved out of state now and we've still doing it virtually, but we've gone every, uh, about once a month. Um, and I start, I met him about six or seven years ago, uh, as a yoga instructor And I've been doing yoga for, gosh, 10 or 12 years, and I've evolved in yoga in different levels. Uh, But he owns a local studio in my community called uh, Soul of Yoga, and he formed it with his wife named Trish about 12 or 14 years ago. As I got to know his story, I found out um, not only is he intense when he does his yoga classes, because when he does his yoga classes, he also is lecturing and speaking and teaching while you're doing yoga poses at a very deep, deep level of spiritual stuff that you can really get your teeth around as you're doing your poses and i found out that he had been a self-realization fellowship monk uh where if anyone's ever heard of parmahansa yogananda that brought the uh brought india in the 1940s to the us and created all these centers throughout the world uh and he was for 16 years a devout committed uh monk you know wore the, the 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 robes and practiced every day and was of you know service and um he realized his evolution um, after 16 years in the monkhood, which is kind of like being a priest in the Catholic religion. It's that intense. Um, he decided he was having a calling to go out and be a civilian. So he uh, broke out into the civilian world, met, uh, had already known this woman, Trish, ended up marrying her. And they went on to form these spiritual centers and yoga centers. And when I found out he was a, an SRF monk and he did coaching and consulting, I hired him about a year or so ago, uh, as I was uh, relaunching Iggy, uh, and he has very deep coachings on the principles within Eastern philosophy and Western into the daily coaching practices that he brings with his clients. So it was—it's not the normal. Hey, you know, let's talk about your numbers or your accountability. He gets into your heart and soul right from the beginning of the call. So he challenged you with the depth of your deepest, darkest, uh, and most joyful secrets at a soul level. And to have someone coach you on that on a weekly basis is, is pretty raw and pretty uh, intense and pretty, um, it kind of breaks you wide open uh, in a yeah. very way.
0: Transformational. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. This kind of, you're all in alignment here with transition, transform, evolve, right? <laughs> yeah. <my laughs> Which also, oh, go ahead.
1: <laughs> yes. So, and I challenge myself to do that. I mean, along the way, I've had a business coach since I was 27 years old. Uh, And every year, now I'm 57. So for 30 years, even before coaching was popular, I have hired a business or a life or spiritual coach every year. And sometimes I've had two different people in the same year um, that have helped to coach me in areas that I felt I needed guidance or mentoring or I was deficient. And again, having that, uh, and I've now gotten over it many years later about not thinking that I was good enough by not having this educational degree Uh, And I'm always in awe of people that do have academic degrees and have gone on to use those in positive ways or just for their own knowledge, because I I was not one of those people that was able to finish to that commitment. However, the amount of focused learning and lasered learning that I've picked up from individual coaching, paying people to coach me to get better, and calling bullshit on bullshit when it needed to be called uh, has been a great, great gift that dramatically helped me on my course uh, in my life, both professionally and personally. Oh, yeah.
0: Coaching is definitely a must. (laughs) So you're, um, we talked about the Iggy Principles. You have another book out there, uh, Led to Gold. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, my first company, um, it, not my first company, but my this first consulting company that I've ever run and, and plan to continue to run, I came up with the name Alchemy Advisors. Uh, number one, I just like the word alchemy, how it sounds. Number yeah. two, I love the book The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Um, I don't know if you've read that book or not, Christina, but if yep, you have, love it, <laughs> and For those listeners that haven't read it, it's not a business book. It's not a how to book. It really is a fable and a parable of the deepest journey and the most joyful journey of us as human beings. Uh, and it's called the alchemist and it's about this young boy, Santiago, who goes on the journey through the desert, trying to find his own gold. Uh, and the, the alchemist, uh, in the, in the days, the legends were that they had the skills and the potions and the talents and the formulas to take lead and turn it into gold. So, since my company was called Alchemy Advisors, helping people and businesses transition, transform, and evolve to their highest good in life and business, I thought, "Wow, what a fun title to use from lead to gold." Uh, and then I use those t- subtitles that I just mentioned. And lead to gold um, is my journey from you know going from being a um, you know a, a high school, almost a high school dropout, but I did graduate to a Warren Buffett CEO. Um, and then getting fired, and then a brick upside the head, and then some uh, uh, things that led that I wasn't so proud of, but that were real and and uh, and focused in my life, such as at one point my body my body and being were not in balance, and and even though I was climbing the corporate ladder, I had gotten up to three hundred pounds, um, which I don't I don't weigh that now. I weigh you know, around always under two hundred, uh, so I'd lost a hundred pounds over a period of time, and. Uh, I had really become a functioning alcoholic. Uh, Now, knock on wood, I haven't had a drink in 18 years. Uh, But I was one of those people that said, you play hard, you work hard, you play hard, you work hard. And one day I looked up and had been in denial so long that my play hard had gotten way out of control. Uh, and I was really, even though I was still successful at work, I had just created an unhappy, unbalanced life. So Lead to Gold talks more about my challenges and my, uh, my holes in the soul and my defective uh, human nature, uh, but still brings a lot of light and joy and steps and processes to how do you still have that? And when you get a brick upside the hemp moment, chosen or uh, forced, how do you then transition to what your real gifts are in that? Uh, and the book talks to that uh, process.
0: I oh, love it. I love how you've taken your journey, uh, all of it, <laughs> and are using that to help others learn, learn about life, learning, uh, learn about transforming, evolving, um, maybe not having to go through as many of those uh, hardships, I should say.
1: Well, thank you. Well, obviously yeah. that's the mission you're on with, with quit bleeping around. You're like, okay, <laughs> let's get on with this already. Let's get on to this transition.
0: <laughs> so, applauding that's you it.
1: For bringing all these uh, other guests and great talents you yeah. have with your own uh, to, that, to that forum because I think we all have that gnawing to uh, quit bleeping around and getting on with what really is we're supposed to be getting on with. And we get stuck with so many things that hold us back, hold us down. Uh, and mostly that's all rooted in fear or allowing someone else to have control over our life. And if we can get beyond, you know, quit bleeping around with those things, uh, then wow, it's amazing how many rivers of opportunities open up for you.
0: Immense. Lots of wisdom. And I know uh, listeners are going to want to go check out both of those books, especially Iggy Principles just came out. Uh, Is there a final piece of advice you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Uh, Let's see, a final piece of advice. I would say in this day and age that we're all in, which is a heightened uh, stress of COVID, protest, um, racial uh, conflict that's being brought back to the forefront as it should be to, to even raise awareness there, that's going to continue to happen the, to the end of time. Th- these kind of challenges and chaoses and crazy swirling things, we always say, God, when's the world going to slow down? Uh, And when are things going to get back to normal? What I've come to realize, which has given me great peace, is there is no new normal in life uh, very often. The new normals are realizing that it is a heightened uh, power of change. And in that is really the gifts. uh, And it's not the tragedy. So a lot of times my, my, my advice is to stay present in the present moment and realize as ugly or as challenging as the situation might be, there are amazing gifts and amazing lessons. And that's really where it's game time. Meaning that's when, the, when these things are happening in your life personally, or as a society, or as a company, these items, are, I look at them like, okay, this is game day. That's really when we're made up to be who we really are. And when life is coming along just uh, unstressful and in a calm, focused way, that's joyful and that's great. But the key is, how do you stay in that state of consciousness during the chaos? So how do you stay the calm in the chaos? How do you stay the still in the storm? And how do you have joy in your daily words, thoughts, and deeds, regardless of what's happening around you? And that's really where I want people to know that is possible. And they have the choice and the path to do that because they have done it at certain times in their life. Some people are doing it consistently. Some people are doing it inconsistently, but all of us, myself included, and all people that I know can always do more and better of that. And that will bring more peace and more joy and more harmony to the world if we're all focused on that itself.
0: Mm. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Steve.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, Christine. And thanks for all the good work you're doing for the listeners and all these amazing guests you've had in the past. I can't wait to go back and finish listening to some of the shows I haven't heard yet.
0: Oh, thank you. If you'd like to learn more about Steve, visit his website at steverogers.net. That's Rogers with a D.
1: Interested in expanding your employee development program? Visit christinaeans.com to look at the many workshops Christina has available for you.